Regarding Japanese cars, I just quickly want to read this out. NZ Toyota Hilux got destroyed on Top Gear and is still the best in the world. Blew it up on top of a high-rise building and it still drove away. Well, Japanese cars, they're not the type of car that are often thought of as classics, but Japanese-built cars, particularly sports models from the 80s and 90s, are fetching many times more than what they were once worth. While second-hand Nissan Skylines and Toyota Supras have also been popular, some Honda Civic and Toyota Corolla models are also sought after. So is it nostalgia, scarcity or a combination of both that's driving this? And to give us his view, the editor of the car review website The Dog and Lemon Guide is on the line now. Evening Clive. Good evening. Well, for a long time Japanese cars have been seen as cheap and disposable, so what's changed? Well, it's a bit um, it's a bit like the situation with music downloads in America. Amazingly enough, old songs now represent 70% of the U.S. music market, really, um, and that's from young people. So, you know, I mean, you don't have to look around very much to see that, you know, the world has become McDonaldized. You know, cars all look the same. Um, they all got similar features. Your parents approve of them because they're practical and fuel economic. Um, and, um, you know, they've got no soul. Uh, and old music and old cars, uh, you know, if you're young and hip, it's a way of showing your personality at a reasonable cost. I've got some, some models here that I, I'm going to read them to you so you'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong. Kia ora, Karen. I have a Toyota MR2 1994 GTS Turbo. I bought it in 2020. Huge fun to drive. Uh, December 2021, previous owner said it was now worth 50% more than what I paid him for 18 months earlier, which was good news. So is that standard, that kind of price rise? Well, it has been. Um, it's uh, I can't say with those particular vehicles, but there's you know till about January of this year, um, prices were just rising like drug money um, uh, because there's only a limited number of these vehicles and there was a feeling of optimism. Um, since then, you've had the Ukraine invasion, um, you know the long-term effects of COVID on the world's economy, supply demand issues, and all sorts of things, and now the there's a slight kind of dampening in the market. But yes, if you've got a 1980s, if you've got your grandmother's 1980 Mitsubishi um, of any kind, um, then you're cool. <laughs> the, the, the one thing that, that tends to make vehicles popular, and we're talking different vehicles here, by the way, the MR2 is a really cool specialist um, uh, performance model, and it's one of the few cars of that type from that era that can be made relatively reliable and at a reasonable cost. So, so that ticks a lot of boxes, you know, by comparison to people who buy old, um, say, European cars or, BM, you know, old BMWs. They basically spend their life in a series of trips back and forth to the garage. You reckon? Yep. Okay. So, yeah. You look up their websites. I mean, they're not even, you know, subtle about it. <laughs> okay, I've got a few models here. Nissan's 1989 Skyline GTR, that fetched $87,000 in uh, Japan, NZ, and a first-generation Honda NSX released in 1990, 125000 NZ. That's big money. That's big money. Um, to, to, you know, and also it's worth remembering that a lot of, Japanese stuff in Japan, um, of course, long since disappeared off the market due to the extremely tight regulations over there. 
and there's still a few um, of those things uh, outside, and some of them in, in Aotearoa. What would you be recommending for somebody who's looking around thinking, look, I want a, a medium-range car, something that is going to increase in value and will be a Japanese one, obviously, which will be a classic in the future? Where, where would I be looking to put my money? Uh, well, that's a really tricky one, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to hedge the bet on that one because I think that the the, the general consensus among the pessimists like me, who usually get proved correct, um, is that the, the boom is over and it's going down and there will still be a, a big market for these, but it's not the sort of safe investment it has been for the last five years or so. Righto, so don't bother. Don't bother as an investment. Do yep. it for fun. I mean, <laughs> driving an MR2 out in the countryside, um, you know, in, in, in a summer's day and uh, with the windows open, you know, it's, it's just a truly lovely experience. And and also, you know, every single person that's... I know lots of people. In fact, I work on a few older cars, you know, for, for friends, you know. And a friend of mine's got a, a 1981 uh, Honda Civic automatic. And it's neither fast nor cool from a sort of... Bogan point of view, but I mean, it, 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 I, I smile every time I drive in it because it's kind of a bit like driving the car that you learn to drive in. <laughs> right, and well, and that is, you know, among the the sort of middle class hipsters, um, automatics are a big issue because, of course, there's increasingly large numbers of drivers who can't drive manual cars. Um, and uh, but, however, if you're a quote unquote serious driver, then you're probably looking for a manual car and be a performance model and it'll be one of those ones they call iconic and, and there's just a few cars that sort of fit that mould you know the MR2 being one of them and Skyline's the earlier ones but, um, but, but wouldn't you if you're if you you know really classify yourself as a hipster the word you use there wouldn't you be looking for an electric car and not one that runs on petrol in the times that we live in well you you know the the the, the, the white middle class is to do what their parents want yes that's the you know they would either buy something like a, um, a Volkswagen Polo or they'll buy a little Nissan Leaf, but that's doing what your parents want. Um, what you, you <laughs> Not know, necessarily. Not necessarily. That's very cynical. Uh, well, that, it I might be to... doing what's best for the environment. Remember that, Clive? Yes, yes, that may be. You know, I'm probably the most environmentally sensitive, um, uh, you know, motor mechanic on the planet. I've been working on environmental causes for 45 years, but I'm, I'm saying what people choose to buy, you know, and, and people, there's a, there was a, a guy that lived around the corner from me whose job was a personal trainer, and he drove a Ford Ranger pickup truck as his daily driver, and I just thought that was completely insane, uh, and certainly, you know, a really irresponsible use of purchasing power. However... On the positive side, 80s cars are extremely light and therefore probably reasonably unsafe, but they don't use much um, fuel. So there you go. <laughs> Great. Clive, thank you for joining us. Good to Have talk to nice, you. Nice to talk to you. Clive Matthew Wilson, he's the editor of The Dog and Lemon Guide.